Hello and welcome to the Every Season podcast. It's been a little while. I think one of my 2023 resolutions is to be more consistent with these episodes because we do get a lot of really good feedback on them. And I think there are so many kind of nuggets of wisdom. Do we really? Yeah, we I don't do. See it. <laughs> I don't, maybe I don't tell you. <laughs> I just Send forget. me the presence of good reviews. <laughs> we do we get a lot of like really sweet messages and yeah there are so many nuggets of wisdom there's always something new especially this year there has been so much that's been going on and I think that's probably part of it I've been swept up in the winds of the astrological trees a little bit and you know no hate to it I think it's been an amazing year for me and so much so much growth and so much um so much has happened for me and yeah I think anyway that's one of my goals is to do more of these episodes but welcome back we really wanted to do this one because there is, you know, particularly this month, there's two things, right? There is so much going on astrologically. And then also we wanted to do a little little recap of the year, just so that you can put yourself in the seasons of all of the seasons that have come before and, you know, kind of uh, put your own journey on, on the astrological um, transits. So my name is Atia. I'm a human design reader and astrologer. I do location astrology as well. And uh, yeah, I, I love living life by the seasons. And uh, my co-host is Kendall. I'll let you introduce yourself, Kendall. But I always introduce you as someone that like, you turn people into works of art with the lens of astrology. But I will let you do your own intro. I love that intro. I won't negate it with anything else. I do make people into works of art in that I take people's natal charts and I go around to museums all over the world as I'm based in Europe and associate the myths and works of art with people's charts in order to help them understand what their myth is, help them live it and understand their deeper, their patterns. And, and um, yeah, and I'm, my official um, title is astro counselor because I do use therapy in order to go deep with people yeah you are one of the most detailed and talented and poetic astrologers that I've had the pleasure of coming across it's really worth saying that you've been well super well trained that's been a theme for me lately I came across this video the other day where this woman was saying the most out of turn things about human design manifestors I posted it on my story and I, I, I saw loved, that mm -hmm. yeah what'd she getting, say she was saying, so she said she was a, she was a generator or a manifesting generator. There's all these different, there's five different types, right? In human design. And she was saying how um, generators are 70% of the population and they have so much love inside them. In fact, they're the only type that can give love. She said that if you're a generator, whoa. right? I know. I was like, whoa, 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 rewind. That's um, projection vomit everywhere. Yeah. And so she was saying that, you know, if you have, if you're a generator with a manifestor mom, she's incapable of giving love to you. Ooh, law. How damaging is that to hear? Like people really, there's no regulation, I think, around the astrology world. And that's, you know, that's, it gives people freedom to be able to learn whatever they want, but it's also a little bit dangerous because someone. Very dangerous. 
and hear that information and be like oh my god like me you know I think you know that's very needs people need to be very careful about the information that they take in and who they get the information from and make sure I always say two things I, I think it's very important when you're receiving information from any astrologer that they're explaining things in a way that that meets you at your level of understanding and they're kind of explaining things in a way that's going to help you um change your life or you know it's going to help to elevate you basically and then the second thing is like having someone that has very good and pure intentions right but it's happening through their lens I mean I always say with my clients I'm using art to tell your story because if it's just filtered through me and what I see I'm very limited the art and the symbols in the art when I do the research tell me so much more and they and the client ends up telling me stuff that I didn't realize that they got they received from the art. So it's really important to, you know, I say this with therapists too, like ask what what their focus is, what is their concentration, what is their experience, what intention do they bring to the practice? That's super important, or at least look it up because as more and more um I guess, spiritual adepts come online and make themselves available. We see it all over the place. We consult TikTok, social media, and we just need to be careful of who that information is coming from and what we accept and how hypnotized we can be susceptible to becoming. Mm, And how much work have they done on themselves and how much work do they put into purifying their intention? I've realized that is such a thing I mean I also put on my Instagram story I'm I'm sharing a bit more I feel these days and I'm trying I love it <laughs> I love trying. it liberate yourself I'm yeah. trying but it's hard with my Scorpio placements I have I Scorpio Scorpio the eighth house 12th house like all of this magic going on which I'm very grateful for but it does cause me to just want to keep some things in and then I have this like overshare where like I'm probably not oversharing but I feel like I'm oversharing you know that's exactly what I was going to say um but I I put my story a slight you know it's not an overshare but I um I had a situation this year where I thought okay I'll try a new I'll try the therapist you know I was in a uh, okay I'll tell the story I'll tell the the tell them the transit that was happening because everyone was affected by this transit and if you weren't you were in space it was beyond the firmament (laughs) it was a Venus retrograde in Leo transit so Venus first house yeah affecting your relationships in your seventh house great it really did hit me and it was one of those ones that were like you think as an astrologer I sometimes do think like oh like no big deal this one didn't like you know this one's not gonna hit me as long as I'm aware I really did think like I I'd I'd gotten gotten by without being burned however it did burn a little bit but um the the story that I want to tell in relation to that is like I this was a, a disagreement that I was having with someone and they were seeing a therapist, which is great. I was like all for it. And to work through this disagreement, um, I don't know if it's a disagreement or like kind of like a clash in values, you know, when you have two people and the values clash to me, I'm kind of like, work it out. Let's work it out. We'll, we'll talk through it. But this person said, let's take it to my therapist. 
So I agree. Refused no. to talk to you without therapy intervention or this person speaking with the therapist first before they communicated with you. Yeah, insane. that was bad. That insane. was bad. I, I think, you know, that was such a cool learning for me. Like there's a lot of people that have an over-reliance to therapists and over-reliance to like not good therapists. But anyway, I worked with this therapist and I thought it was going to help the situation. I thought it was going to help, help the communication and the situation. Oh my God, Kendall, I've never had a, I mean, you know the situation, but I have never worked with such an awful therapist before. I, I, I don't know how I've been so blessed to work with good therapists. Um, and most of the people that I've chosen or encountered, because I think I am very selective and I think, you know, the vibes, good vibes attract good vibes. There is an element of that. But, oh my God, this was awful. I can, I can verify that as a, a friend of Atia's. She does you know, attract very good vibes and she has experience here. So she does know what she's talking about for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I I even doubted my own opinion of it. I was like, Oh, like maybe it's not that bad. I I really doubted the existence of a bad therapist because I thought surely if you go to school for that long, you know, you have that many hours of experience, you must be good. But anyway, I had the worst experience with this therapist. Um, And it inspired me so much that now I think I want to become one because I feel like there needs to be more people that are good therapists to outshine the crappy ones. Like I have never had an experience so, um, so wild. I've seen, I I feel like now I've seen like the best minds of our generation. There's the potential to be, you know, for them to be ruined by a shitty therapist. One needs yeah, and to someone be they just careful. don't align with. I remember when you were first consulting this person, you were doubting your own magic. We happened to be in New York synchronistically at the same time. You started telling me the situation and I was like, no, <laughs> oh my God. I could not even believe what I was hearing. And I thought this therapist you were talking about was like a 50, 60 year old mother and come to find out she was a, like a 32 year old hottie no offense to any hotties <laughs> because hotties with brains are like so in style yeah <laughs> and so the rage but yeah but and yeah what's interesting though is that what human design which you practice and astrology which I practice we don't limit it to the practice itself when you say you want to become a therapist me as a counselor and a person I think we should go to school together. Um, what's important to remember is that as psychology began to bloom beyond Freud, Carl Jung took astrology seriously and practices in Africa and in India, Bharat, and and used and drew out people's natal charts when he could not figure out a person's neurosis or where the source of it was coming from because it was too diluted by the the person's um, cloudy perception. So that, it, it just is super helpful. And my therapist allows me to kind of come in and, you know, yeah, astrology to help guide him or validate what he's saying. It's just nice. Yeah. That's so lit. Yeah, my therapist, 
yeah I, I also have a, a therapist that she's not that's not her language but she creates space in our relationship for me to be able to express things like my transits or my placements and um it, it's really magic I love being the person that can do, can bring together kind of multiple mod- modalities for people too and I want to just build on that and I think that that experience was a catalyst for me to realize like that the, perhaps let's see let's see where this goes where this desire this urge that I have goes um but yeah wild I mean look it I just think therapy couples therapy so let's uh, maybe I should be a bit more explicit it was couples therapy <laughs> very very early on in a situation that I had with someone which is just I think not a good idea I think can I say when it began Venus bloody retrograde starting a relationship during a Venus <laughs> retrograde is a fascinating experience I did that one time okay. when I think it was a Venus retrograde in Libra so relationships if I'm not mistaken this happened in 2018 and I met a guy and moved a few months later from Atlanta Georgia USA to Paris and my it was not the relationship for me. It definitely brought me to a place of beauty and art, very, you know, Libra archetype things. I hope, I, I hope it was in Libra. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, so they just don't end that well, but there can be pregnancies. You know, Venus is associated with pregnancies, not the pregnancies developing into full term, but that can also occur. Not that did not happen with Atia. Her her that mouth didn't just happen, dropped. But I will tell you this: that's so wild that you say that because I went to Belgium after going like after going through this you know this situation. I went to Belgium and I saw an energy healer there. So this was after everything was said and done. I went to this energy healer. She's incredible. I again so lucky to experience these things with talented energy healers or whatever. Um, but I had a session with her, and she ba- and this is wild. She basically said that there was a spirit baby that came in to me, and that she then had to send it back to the light. And it's still to this day one of the crazy experiences, like the craziest experiences. I mean, I think I've had some crazy experiences, but that was a very wild experience because after she sent the baby back to the light I was like ah, la, 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 la. again I was just floating on air I felt like I came back to my Leo self isn't that interesting because Leo is the original fifth house the mm-hmm. fifth house is where we learn about one's children the fifth house is the house of children Leo yeah. and so you remained the baby the baby your baby was my baby was just for now <laughs> You know what I find interesting about this entire conversation? First of all, we're talking about therapy, which is very Scorpio in theme. And right now, Venus is in the sign of Scorpio. We're talking Mm -hmm. about relationships. We're talking about astro babies or like celestial spirit babies. I don't know whether. And and then um, this, this last summer that lasted for four months with this Venus retrograde period in Leo lasted until early October. It was happening in a fixed sign in Leo. The next fixed sign after Leo is what? Scorpio. And so mm-hmm. you had this bad experience with a therapist. Yeah. The summer. And then now in the next like activating square fixed sign placement, you're like, maybe I want to become one. 
literally so it's like keep an eye out for our illustrious future careers as astro human design therapists <laughs> is that a theme for people during venus and scorpio should people be looking out for where their tribulations are going to become their kind of path to growth i find that people with scorpio placements experience depending on what the placements are huh? like if we're talking mm-hmm. about saturn that might be a different story saturn and scorpio but if if you have placements here it can help um saturn people feel a sort of intimacy that they normally don't feel but still an intensity it is an extremely um triggering sign for people that haven't that don't have the the natal chart that really initiates them into those deep waters or energies um but yes i mean scorpio is the sign of the psychologist it is the sign of anything underground anything Mm -hmm. hidden, anything occult, like astrology, what we talk about in human design and everything that becomes the building block of religion or of laws, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. You're so right. Because sometimes I, when I see Scorpio placements in someone, but they don't really seem like they've really been initiated into those elements of their chart. It's true that there needs to be um, a support there, a foundation for those Scorpio energies to feel, I guess, safe to come out. Are these people that see, I mean, how old, what is the age range? I think I'm talking broadly. There's not one person that I can bring okay. up, but sometimes when I see that Scorpio, that someone has a Scorpio moon, but they don't necessarily identify as emotional, um, or when I talk to them about their, the, you know, the, the elements of Scorpio, maybe they don't really relate to it. Oh, but that's a poker face. That, that is what, that is what upholds the sense of privacy that they might need mm. when, but you can also use that yourself as, as a practitioner, because um, if someone can detect that you have secrets then I guess the more secrets that you keep from a Scorpio person the more they want to keep from you I think the best way the healthiest way to get somebody to open up with Scorpio placements is to share because if you feel comfortable sharing if not they smell it from a mile away I do not have I mean I have Pluto in, in Scorpio, which is anxiety, but I have so many placements in the in the eighth house, the original house of Scorpio. So, and in Gemini. So I talk about my secrets and secrets come to me. And so many of my friends are Scorpio dominant. So. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. There's things that I think I've told you that I haven't told people and we haven't even known each other like uber, uber long. I mean, it was a fast friendship but I you you do create an environment probably is that eighth house energy where you become a home for people's you know deepest and darkest kudos you to are you. so sweet you are shining bright today I think I mean your first house your Leo first house is getting lit up yeah it's getting lit and it's time and I feel like even maybe it's also the Venus and Scorpio I do feel like right now like this is gonna sound I don't know how to articulate this but it is a very like sensual time right it's a passionate place for 
Venus to be. I oh, know. Good point. I'm thinking about my life too. Yeah. <laughs> what you're gonna say? Because I know that there's a lot of people that say that Venus. Um, there's a lot of people that say, and I'd be interested to know what you think that it's not so at home in Scorpio, but you know. Oh, I Venus think- is not here. Can I talk about Venus and Scorpio as a placement in general? It is oh, fascinating. Yeah. So Venus loves Taurus and Libra, okay? But Venus is is in Eden, the Garden of Eden in Taurus. The opposite sign of Taurus is Scorpio. And in Vedic astrology, Hindu mythology, Lakshmi, kind of the, the same archetype as Venus, mm. is found in Taurus. A Lakshmi with an A, so non-Lakshmi, is in Scorpio. Actually, Scorpio is considered the the goddess that rules the Scorpio domain and those stars is the older sister of Lakshmi, who has a lot of tantric power. And what's so fascinating is that you would think a person with their Venus and Taurus might have a lot of material things, abundance, or even rising or sun not compared to those with placements moon rising sun in the sign of scorpio and venus and scorpio because these people on the inside they feel the opposite of eden they feel sort of this desert energy and they need to accumulate things in the material world people in taurus and with taurus placements they automatically feel this abundance it's why sometimes you know, Taurus rising people, especially in the Vedic system, they look a bit fuller because on the inside, they feel that even if they don't have a lot around them. So the people with these Scorpio placements in the Vedic system, they make so much money. Kim Kardashian, Scorpio rising, Paris Hilton, Scorpio rising. I mean, these people with wealth that you can't even imagine. So mm-hmm. Scorpio, it's quite, it's quite a spicy placement. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a very sexy placement it and, and especially on the house, depending on the house, but it is turbulent. It does ask you to face a lot of wounds. I mean, you're, I mean, Scorpio is a place that holds wounds in general, just like Pluto and, and Mars it's their rulers. And so when you're, when Venus is there, she is going to really work out her neuroses through relationships through money through you know figuring out what her own self-worth is so that is part of the signature of the journey mm-hmm. that is so interesting you're right because yeah scorpio is traditionally governed by the mars pluto themes which are very action oriented planets and so yeah when venus is there it's kind of more object oriented and so what about this current time what about the the current things what are people needing to notice at this point so at the current time we are recording on december 14th 2023 and we have come out from a, a very devastating set of eclipses that occurred, especially the Libra eclipse, the first major one on October 13th, six days after 
the event on October 7th, which you can all refer to that incited a huge shift of attention that brought forth a lot of death, panic, etc. I don't want to really, I don't want to spend so much time describing it. I, I find it, yeah, I, it's just too much. But so the v, the Venusian themes, because that eclipse was connected to Venus, Venus has been going through a time. She had the retrograde over the summer to, to until October. Then I made a, I made a little video about this on my Instagram and TikTok, but she's, so we've just felt this sort of lack of harmony in our relationships, having to readjust what those are, those terms, mundane astrology, meaning the astrology of the world events and what's happening. We're seeing a lack of diplomacy um, and peace negotiations and because the south node the eclipse point drains that out and so libra just is going through it and there's this cycle is meant to activate us into our individual self-expression which we've talked about already on this podcast in aries where the north node of the moon is where the eclipse will also be taking place aries is ruled by mars fire war it's like the yagna, the fire, um, the beginning. But now we're kind of settling into this new reality, I would say. I mean, where there's a lot of boycotts. You know, we saw a major boycott happen on, on the new moon that occurred two days ago on 1212, the 1212 portal, like people like to call it. I That's my favorite number, so I'll go with it. And then we had Mercury station retrograde on December 13th in the sign of Capricorn. And it will retrograde back into Sagittarius. Sagittarius, the season that we're in now, is what? And I mean, what do you think of when you when you think of Sagittarius? I think of freedom, adventure, Jupiter blessings, because they truly are like the luckiest sign, I think they just a lot of ways sometimes just life seems to be on the side of Sagittarius and I think also not just for Sag people but we can also tune into the energy of that almost like optimism light-heartedness and we can also get a piece of the Jupiter blessings I mean we will hopefully talk about the Jupiter retrograde in a little bit but you know there is that that luckiness in the air sometimes that um, helps uh, helps Sagittarius natives float through this life sometimes bless them so yeah freedom adventure honesty um tackling things kind of head on it's a fire sign right represented by like the archer so i always think sag season is a great time to launch something because you know the archer draws its arrow nowhere knows where it wants to to point that arrow it shoots it you know it scores it's a good time to to channel that fire when it comes to launching something now let me let me also just point out that Sagittarius is the original ninth house of the Zodiac, which, which is a house and a sign that governs our opinions and our beliefs, whether they're religious, political, philosophical, ethical. It's the house. It's, it's the sign of publishing. It is, um, you know, because it's, inner child the opposite sign is gemini 
And Gemini is the information gatherer. Gemini is very curious. And so in Sagittarius, even though they're both mutable, changeable signs and people, that's why opinions are supposed to change. People who stay rooted in one opinion, they end up developing psychic knots that can't be undone or it makes it very difficult for people to interact over time with others. I have a, a family member very much like this. Um, is that a Sag thing? Yeah. Or a Sag season thing? Changing of opinions? Well, you, in its highest expression, but some people in Sagittarius, why we can experience, especially now we see it so vividly, people expressing their opinions, beliefs, and views on laws, on, you know, laws that make up the nation in Capricorn, make up the system in Capricorn, the institutions in Capricorn, that's the next sign. The laws though need to be made in Sag. And that's why Sag publishes, it, that's why Sag comes up with the religious rituals and things like this. So there is this serious, they, they, Sagittarius people are very exuberant. They're extremely boisterous and so much fun. And they, you know, take the air out of the room because they're, they're even if they're quiet, there's a magnanimous nature that they can't help from showing, especially like Sagittarius rising individuals. Um, but yeah, it's, so if the times are a little rough, well, Sagittarius is a time where people are going to argue about it, talk about it, think about it. The sun is illuminating where, you know, people mm, aren't getting along. Because how does that relate to the current Jupiter retrograde? Because obviously Jupiter is the right of the ruling planet of Sagittarius. So how do you know that currently it's retrograde until I think the end of the month or early January? I'm not can't remember. I um, love that you asked that question because for our listeners, it's very important not to just look at the signs in our charts, but where are the ruling planets of those signs in our houses and what are they doing? Because that totally influences what happens during the season we're in or the house that's affected in your chart. So everyone right now can pull up their charts if, if they don't have them memorized. Where is Sagittarius in your chart? And then see where the ruler of Sagittarius is, Jupiter. Well, right now, separate from everyone else's charts. You can look that up. Now, Jupiter is in the sign of Taurus and it's retrograding. And when Jupiter is retrograding, we the abundance is a bit less. The protection is a bit less. Jupiter, I want to remind people because I believe I've said it on previous episodes of the podcast, Jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system that has such an intense gravitational pull that it it keeps meteor debris from entering into our orbit and crushing us at all costs. It's why we refer to Jupiter as the guru. So when Jupiter is retrograde, we don't feel that helping hand. Jupiter stationed retrograde in early September. So Jupiter was not helping us during the eclipses. And Jupiter is not really here serving his role. You know, in, in Vedic astrology, it's so, Jupiter's associated with, with um, 
the guru of the gods. Like who did the gods consult? Baraspati is the name. But um, so now Jupiter is in Taurus retrograde. Taurus being what I already said, Eden before, but it's also, it's also family, it's food. Uh, we see it's work, it's our money, the money that we make. And so we see a lot of labor um, mm. movements occur during this time, especially with Uranus also. Uranus, this planet that's unexpected in the sign of Taurus. And um, we, see, we saw so many labor movements, you know, nurses, um, the food industry, and especially Venus retrograde in Leo. Yeah. The actors strikes, the writer strikes, those were intense especially regarding ai which can lead us into talking in, in just a bit about pluto soon moving back into aquarius for good for the next 20 years but um yeah we just we just need him we need him back december yeah. 30th we'll feel those blessings i think i love retrogrades in some ways i feel like when a planet stations retrograde, it forces you as an individual to step in and pick up that energy or work on the energy of that um, of that planet that's kind of not naturally in the air. So with Mercury retrograde, I it's a good time to go more inwards and work on doubling down on being an effective communicator because just naturally the energy of Mercury is not so there. So we have to work on kind of, yeah, doubling down on um, kind of backing up our technology, uh, noticing where we've rushed into situations, not really knowing how to have effective conversations and needing to learn how to have those, uh, that good communication. And then with Jupiter, I mean, I think this one is saying like, create your own luck. Sometimes we need to maybe this art. is where so Atia and I are both manifestors in, in human astrology and it's so funny because you are the definition of a manifester you love it you play with it I think that's a lot of your Scorpio nature I'm I don't know if it's because of this epic of my life I'm not actively manifesting things I also am a Libra rising so the south node is draining my first house my ideas of myself who I am so it's hard for me to, I'm more in a, a, I'm observing this spacesuit that is Kendall and like, what is she and who is she becoming? So, um, but yeah, the, I, I like that positivity. I like this idea that we can be inspired to be our own consultant our own guru if we want to go that far um yeah, yeah. Damage. there's always going to be something in retrograde there always is you know we have venus retrograde we have the saturn retrograde we have um jupiter retrograde right now there's always going to be something so it's it's my yeah it is a part of my um leo rising nature to to glean what kind of positive lessons can i get from this because if i put the take of you know of jupiter being in retrograde and it's going to drain drain my blessings i can't have that i can't be having that as a manifester <laughs> so i you know i do i do i really do believe that you know even venus retrograde 
that's why it's unadvisable to get into a relationship at that time lesson learned lesson learned hon because <laughs> you need to find you know it is a time for people to generally turn inwards and find the love this is going to sound cheesy but it's so true to find the love within themselves and if you do get into a relationship that's often going to be the lesson that it brings you back to it's like okay well what were you what hole were you trying to fill with that person with that thing with that extracurricular activity that you now have to realize that you can only find within yourself so um yeah that's my take on, on retrogrades it's a little bit avoidant because sometimes I you know I don't want to I just had an epiphany oh my god go on I so we just exposed the fact if you didn't already know that Jupiter stationed retrograde around September 2nd I was with a guru a sat guru in New York at that time and after that retrograde period, things were going well. And then when you're in the presence of a guru, a sat guru, or someone with cities, with powers that they've developed over time or lifetimes or that are just visible. And there are people like this. Um, there's, there's high highs and there are low lows because there is part of the ego that's that the guru is trying to eliminate so that you can see your true self and not be limited but I was grilled I felt like I was lit on fire literally and then that That was it was was right after Jupiter stationed retrograde Jupiter representing the guru and I was in the presence of and being I mean I was quite humiliated and this is me not I, I don't want to slander you know, this, this being in any way, I'm just my personal experience. Um, and I have clearly a lot to eliminate, um, or shed maybe, or rethink. Um, but yeah, it was, it was wild. I mean, the humiliation I got, I was, I felt ill again with COVID for the second time afterwards, you and I met up and this all happened when I was in New York and, um, and Atia was as well. And yeah, you, <laughs> you helped bring me back to life, by the way. Aww. And that's the same time we tar- started talking about your experience with a therapist. A therapist is not a guru, but a guru can be translated as a teacher. And a therapist can be a teacher of yourself, a mirror of yourself. And we didn't have the most elevated experiences. <laughs> I also just want to clarify it. Bloody was not my therapist. There's no way I would have been oh, like, true, sorry. like that. Thank the Lord. Um, I, yeah, but wow. Interesting. So yeah, we'll see where this. Because I always feel like going through a retrograde is a journey, isn't it? So we, we experienced that, which started at the beginning of September. And let's see how our relationships to the same thing shift. Because I, I I looked it up, it finishes on the thirtieth of December. Um, this has been a you know a really wild year, hasn't it? I'm so excited to see how January kind of catapults us, considering all of the lessons that we learned through this period. It has been absolutely wild. Yeah, I I mean I'm not a person. I'll tell you <laughs> that New Year's for me is not a reset by any means the reset for me 
is during the equinoxes, you know, mm -hmm. so I've, I, you know, 2024, the Gregarian calendar that we go by, I, I kind of, if you want to use it as a marker, please do, but understand that there's a, I like to offer people the, the invitation to consider the fact that um, a year might wrap up more in April, like during You're Aries. You're so season. right. You're so right. Thank you for saying that because I think, um, yeah, I, I, I like to have a little New Year's, but I also put too much pressure on it. But if I think about the New Year's that just was, I still hadn't come back to life after my Saturn return. Like I, I had a, you know, I'm pretty open about it. You still haven't? No, no, no. Like in, like it was last year, right? So, well, right. no, it was 2021. Um, no, wait. Saturn was in Aquarius. 2022. So 2022 mm -hmm. was my, was, you know, towards the end of that year was like the peak of my Saturn return. And I did put a lot of pressure on that new year. So moving into 2023 to feel the vibes and feel like, you know, feel like everything was good again. But I, genuinely feel like it was March, April, um, the start of the sort of astrological new year things actually started to feel anew for me. So yeah, I mean I I love getting a head start on these things. I feel like the new year, my habits can can change now. Um, but you're completely right in that actually and it's actually a, a belief that I have that. There are sometimes, you know, when January first rolls around and there's you know, nice alignments that make it a good time. This is not the year. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why? It, Why? Well, we have a lot of um <laughs> we we have an arrangement, a conversation happening between Mars, the planet of cuts and severances, the warrior, blood, weapons, initiations, our energy with mercury which is our mind our intellect our ability to plan uh our speech and this is going to this conjunction that has been happening and that will really we'll start to feel it december 22nd december 26th it gets really hot and with mercury you know retrograding it will station at the beginning of January, the, meaning that Mercury will appear to be going forward in the sky again, but we always have to pick up the pieces of the confusion that comes from a Mercury retrograde or the rearrangements that we had to deal with. Um, and so when Mars and Mercury are together, it's, I posted this on my story, <laughs> posted this on my story. It was like an old piece of video footage from few days ago that I never posted and I said everyone gather into the classroom because Sagittarius represents higher education everyone file into the classroom sit down and shut the fuck up you know like that's the Mercury speech Mars action sort of vibe um <laughs> it's just not a time we, we have we just don't have the harmony energy with Venus we have Mars who's on steroids for the next two years on steroids because we had a, a Kazemi in Scorpio, meaning that Mars received its energy like it's refueling by passing over the sun, which it does every two years in its home sign of Scorpio. So it feels very empowered. And Scorpio is like diving deep into the mess 
I'm not scared of anything. I'm going towards it. So, and then the eclipse is taking place in Aries, Mars ruled. So I just, you know, astrology is this thing is always this like liminal space of, of clean, nice, informative awareness versus paranoia. And I think with astro with astrology, we always have to, you know, balance mm -hmm. that as best we can. And obviously that depends on my chart and your chart, things like that, but see where Sagittarius is happening, which house is it happening in, in your chart? Where is Capricorn also? Because those are themes since during this Mercury retrograde, Mercury will be moving out of Capricorn where, where they, he, she are currently back into Sagittarius and then we'll move through Capricorn again. Yeah. Is there anything that you're doing differently at this time? I'm like, because Mercury's in retrograde, because Venus is in Scorpio. I mean, I, there are some things that I like to do, right? Like I like to back up. Well, I haven't. I'm like, <laughs> completely. <laughs> Atia asked me to record, asked me to record this session on my computer because her, her. I run out of space. Beautiful. I do need to back it up. Actually, maybe I'll do that. Maybe that's my my goal. Um, I like to think about backing up my devices. <laughs> I like to think about it. When you think about it, you're halfway there as a manifester. Um, but I, you know, that's something that's maybe on my to-do list. But I do like to slow down when it comes to decision making. And I give myself a lot of grace when it comes to um when it comes to that. So I I think Mercury is a very fast moving planet. It it makes you uh, assimilate information super quickly. Information comes to you and you want to kind of get it out very quick. Do you, do you feel Mercury retrogrades very intensely? The reason I'm asking is because your almost natal chart twin, my, uh, one of my other best friends, yeah. she loves Mercury retrogrades. Yeah. Interesting. Was she born during a Mercury retrograde? No, I checked. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm hit and miss with Mercury retrograde. I, I don't love the rhetoric that everyone's kind of losing their mind. And I think, Part of it is that um, I my Mercury is in Leo, my rising is in Leo. Um, I was born on a Mercury line, and I'm currently on my Mercury line. So oh. I'm in London right now. I was born in London. Um, there are like, and I just think generally, I think I'm pretty, pretty have worked on my communication so that like, kind of people don't tend to get me wrong during this time this might be famous last words but I think that that's, that's often the thing that people have trouble with during I'm knocking time. on wood yeah let's knock on I have so much around it. um yeah <laughs> but yeah I don't know I, I I like the inwardness of it I like the inwardness however you know I'm having a bit of trouble with that now because this year has been so much action for me so much movement I've loved it. It's been my intention. And I feel that push and pull between wanting to maintain that action, but also realizing that you need to slow down. So that's one of the things that I try and do during Mercury Retrograde is like second is, is second guess my decisions, because I know that things are so fast moving that things can change very quickly. So, you know, no fast movements during Mercury Retrograde thinks things through. Um, and yeah, like obviously the technology stuff, I do feel it a little bit. I've definitely felt it this last week. Did um, you experience something yesterday on the 13th when the station actually happened? Yes, I what did. Happened? 
So I'm like, I, I put these manuscripts together for people. I've just launched a product where people can essentially buy a, um, a digital reading from me. So I, I put together, you know, personalized readings and I need to do that in a, you know, in a, in a Google doc or whatever before I, you know, import it into their chart document. And it was just freezing. Like I was just sitting there for like five minutes, 10 minutes and it was freezing. And then some of them were not saving and it was, extremely frustrating just you know it's google documents you oh, know? so it's so literal um and i have a friend that was also messaging me at literally the same time like her whole work email was just just not working she wasn't able to log in so it, yeah it's something my wi-fi went what started to become really slow i haven't had a problem today i didn't have a problem in the evening i was supposed to have a natal chart commission reveal and these are very long exhausting but so worth it sessions I have with clients when I make their natal charts with the art and then reveal it to them it's always a longer experience than my follow-up sessions with my muses I call them my clients who come back as you know almost I hate the word patient but patient in counseling and we use astrology as a backdrop and transits things like that but um yeah, she canceled last minute because she's a Capricorn. Again, this Mercury retrograde is occurring in Capricorn. And there was something that happened at her business last minute. And so it was rescheduled. And on top of it, I am literally, this is so Mercury retrograde. I am legally not allowed to share a piece of information I received because it, I just can't even go further than that. But the information hit me in the chest, in the stomach. I felt nauseous in my legs. Is that even a feeling? It was so horrific. I have to tell you. <laughs> I mean, can you we, tell me? I can tell you after. Um, actually, I'm not allowed to. Yeah. There will be a certain point legally. I mean, I'm talking NDA legally. But um, we, it, it's just it kind of rocked and reshaped our whole vision of what we thought might occur moving forward. And I mean, I'm still in shock over the this piece of information. So I would say for everybody else, um, think about what happened on December 13th. Like what was the theme? What happened? What were you doing that day? Or what were you focusing on? No matter how mundane it seems and then let's see if there's a theme this is what astrology is it's it's making a pattern out of the energies that are typically invisible or i would like to say unconscious crazy wow i know and that's also kind of venus and scorpio as well it's venus and scorpio and we have pluto currently about to finish it's 20 year cycle through Capricorn so Mercury in Capricorn with Pluto even though this they have many degrees apart they're on opposite sides of this house of Capricorn you know meaning think about it like they're on opposite sides of a, a huge house but wow. they still influence each other and Pluto is hidden information it can be dark it can be um, intense and with Mercury there 
you know, as Mercury, and this is why in January, as Mercury moves faster and faster towards Pluto, catches up with it, Mercury-Pluto conjunctions are always revelations. Um, so, mm -hmm. and with Mars there, oh, oula. Yeah, we're we did finding that. things out, you guys. Yeah. We're going to get the tea. Oh my God. Whether we tea. like it or not. <laughs> the tea is simmering. It's more than that. <laughs> tell you, I almost got a, I got a second degree burn. <laughs> I have loved this conversation, by the way. I feel like we're covering so much ground. And it has been a very intense year astrologically. There's, I mean, it always is. I don't know whether there's a time that it's not going to be. I mean, the, 2016 was pretty calm, I would say. But, you know, I just think generally, yeah, you're you're thinking what was happening. I'm thinking like, what, yeah, what was happening? <laughs> No, but you know, there's some years, like, I don't know whether it's a meme or something, but people are like, oh, like 2016 was the last time, like, life felt, you know, life felt like an R&B music video. But no, that's a lie. Like, there's been obviously good years, but there's just, I feel like there was a time when things were astrologically quiet, but like, we came to Earth to evolve, right? So I just feel like as a result, there are going to be tumultuous astrological transits and good astrological transits that, you know. Hey, we're the product of the millennium we were bringing in the millennium yeah so, um have a big duty yeah <laughs> and so what's been like some of the highlights for you this year astrologically but also personally highlights well I would say there's just been a lot of deep introspection that has led to breakthroughs and liberation from um, a family member that I always felt imprisoned by. I feel as I sort of kill off the father, so to speak, in terms of, I mean, this is like a, a, a psychological, like a Freudian expression, but the idea of, of, liberating yourself from your projections of another person not being able to honor the parents or um not being able to be who you want to be or express yourself in a certain way because you're still tied to their expectations or seeing through their lens or it gets really messy and i feel that um i'm becoming more and more free but with that freedom become come so much responsibility this year has been full of health trials I've had surgery a tumor removed I had COVID again I've I've moved my relationship though has advanced I have the south node draining my physical body my first house um, because I'm a Libra rising and that doesn't have to be the case for everyone you know for a lot of people, I knew a lot of people like Scorpio risings when they were going through the past two years, the eclipses draining out their first houses. A lot of them were draining out trauma stored in the body via exercising a lot. And they gained a lot of power, Mars and energy. And for me, I'm learning how to share myself in a relationship, realize what kind of a relationship I was creating with my partner unconsciously 
because of my father, which I find very interesting. My father is a Leo moon and every that I can think back to every retro Venus retrograde in Leo, there's a revelation around my relationship with this human being as a, as a Leo dominant person. And so mm-hmm. that as I free myself from that, my relationship takes different turns. Yeah. I've moved where we're moving next. We don't know. I've been in kind of indoctrinated into a deeper reality of what this world is how dynamic it is the power and the struggle i mean it's and there's such empowerment and knowledge and experience because that creates wisdom wisdom eliminates knowledge at the end of the day so say that again wisdom eliminates the need for a lot of knowledge it's kind of a it's a it's a quote from nietzsche that i butchered but the sentiment's there yeah nice. <laughs> so a lot of yeah it's been a lot of depth for you this year I think for me too but yeah for me it's been um obviously Saturn entered Pisces in March which for you was intense. oh as a Pisces person I have four placements in Pisces so Pisces are really feeling a, a heaviness and a and a lot of responsibility for sure yeah, yeah. Saturn being the teacher planet good point uh, after two years in Aquarius, it entered uh, Saturn. Saturn entered Pisces in March 2023, and so people that had their Saturn return, they will have had the the placement of Saturn in Aquarius. That's me. Um, the the preceding two years were not so easy, and I would say particularly for me when my Saturn return peaked around November or October November 2022 was super super difficult I feel like that period of time was like typical Saturn return stuff right we should probably do an episode on the Saturn return but um yeah super super intense and my intention for 2023 was to feel feel the lightness that comes with Saturn leaving um the, the Aquarius placement that I have and so yeah when Saturn went into Pisces in March 2023 um it was it was it was good for me I think it it, it let a load off for me um wait what's the better way of saying that it took a load off um and yeah I I started to feel like the lightness of life again I traveled a lot I saw that in you I saw you reclaim your light this fall <laughs> yeah like it started in March honestly when I went to I went to it's easy for me to say you know it was because of the things that I did but it was really catapulted by the the transit that we were moving into and I remember writing a letter of like intentions on the plane of like how I wanted to feel what I wanted to let go and yeah I went to Bali I spent time in the trees and I just kind of let it all go it was like the most Mm. healing six weeks ever I started you know coming back into because during your Saturn return you're not social at all so I started to feel more social I started meeting people making friends again making new friends and reconnecting with the ones that I ghosted and then um yeah I think just revisiting the same places that I was at in 2022 but just with a renewed vitality I think and yeah like I think um it's been a really kind of special year where I felt the magic of life again so I'm very grateful very grateful for it 
love that you always bring just um a sparkle we saw each other this sag season that was so exciting atia stayed with me for several days in paris out of the blue and that was just the best and it actually helped me get up and get out and start really like living again after um having a health issue so it's contagious and i hope you all feel that too if you don't feel it in her voice (laughs) i don't know what to tell you (laughs) because she is just a star for a star rock on girly pop i hope you're getting out (laughs) i am i am yoging i am i think that actually the best part of my year would be now because i just have understand it's almost like all the therapy i've done has paid off i'm more comfortable in the discomfort yeah which is the goal um for me and there's so much uncertainty ahead and I'm comfortable, more comfortable with that. And I'm moving my body. That's the super exciting. We love to see it. Okay. So we have these transits right now. We've spoken, you know, in depth about those, but what's our next big thing in January, February time? What are we next going to talk about? Well, Pluto moves into Aquarius basically for good for 20 years. And this is going to be a massive uh, collective shift we saw it. We saw a, a sprinkle of it at the beginning of the year. We saw a lot of talks of AI. We saw a lot of um, shifts in this direction, and you know, ChatGPT was launched, and then everybody else was scrambling to come up with their own version. And <laughs> I'm thinking of a personal story when I helped my niece with an essay, and then her teacher accused her of using AI for cheating on her essay when I just was helping her and edit editing and it's crazy um so I think we'll see a lot more of that and I think collective issues Aquarius is the populace it's the kingdom versus the king and Leo those are opposite signs sister signs and I think we'll see with Pluto there a lot of um social work activism very Aquarius but a lot of you know what is the poison in subscribing to the collective where how do you hang on to your identity when the collective is pressuring you in a certain way identity is leo and when pluto is in the sign of the collective we're really gonna see a lot of things on earth regarding those themes so that begins have you i mean have you noticed a bit of that um shift that like tech shift oh yeah definitely i think that's something we should go into next yes, sir, of course that's big and that's gonna like just like pluto and capricorn has been a huge theme i'm so interested to see how that how that how the remnants of that almost but the end of it is always the most intense so we're probably going to see a lot of those well and the beginning because when capricorn when um Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008 what happened we had the oh, the financial crisis the financial crisis it it initiated it and so what we've seen in this we need to really pay attention to the first year so 2024 pay attention to what was going on at the beginning of yeah. 2023 and then that is going to 
really set the tone, the beginning and the end for sure. Oh, then like I know. Then we have eclipses. So for the first time, the eclipses will be taking place in Aries and Libra. They've been sharing the eclipses with the fixed signs, Taurus and Scorpio. So now we're going to really get the idea in April of what it feels like to have Venus and Mars, Libra and Aries on the eclipse points um, for the next year. And then Jupiter moves. Who's going to be most affected by that? The cardinal signs, 100%. The cardinal signs are Libra, Aries, Cancer, Capricorn. So you and I are not spared and yeah. we'll obviously share, you know, the transformational journey with that. Yeah. Um, and then Jupiter, Ju I'm really interested to see what happens when Jupiter moves into Gemini in May, at the end of May. Yeah. Um, for those of you with Jupiter placements, that'll be interesting or any sort of mutable sign placements. That's Gemini, Pisces, Virgo, and... Sagittarius. So I uh, in a I, nutshell, we've got it all to come. We've had it all this year. And yeah, please do look forward to the episodes to come. Um, Kendall, this has been so fab. Thank you so much again for your amazing wisdom. And thank you. I love the astro gossip. Yeah. It's so helpful. I have revelations in our sessions all the time. I know I love it me too and the revelations keep coming welcome yeah. to the age welcome to being conscious welcome <laughs> yeah. to understanding the invisible layers of what this dimension is <laughs> welcome to people that have good therapists yes get a good therapist if you don't like your therapist break up yeah bye in favor so thank you so much for listening and if you have any questions you can find us both on instagram mine is at astrology a-t-t-s-t-r-o-l-o-g-y and mine is on instagram kip lane k-i-p-p-l-a-n-e and on tiktok art of the psyche Bisous. thank you so much Bisous. au revoir <laughs>